What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. One, two, three, four. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of West by Pod, a podcast about WVU sports, the Big 12, and getting up off the mat. I'm Joel Bracken at WB Stats Guy, joined as always by Jordan Pinto at Game Day Shorts. Jordan was at the Oklahoma game this weekend through the weather, the rain and the snow and the wind and, and everything in between, but uh, coming out with our first win against Oklahoma in conference play. Jordan, what was it like in Morgantown this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was as you'd expect. I was actually kind of shocked how good uh the crowd was you know it took a little while for people to fill in which i think to be expected for a noon game anyway and then considering the weather but i feel like it, it packed in i'd say i think they announced 50 i don't know if there's quite fifty thousand there but you know it was a good solid like 45 i'd say um and then once it really started raining it you know it, it emptied out a little bit but um yeah spirits were high it was one of those games where everybody's it's kind of a party in the stands i don't think anybody had expectations so then you know when when the game plays out the way it did um, you know, that third and fourth quarter is just, just, uh, like a lot of fun to be out there, even though you were kind of a little bit miserable because of the elements, but, but yeah, really, really fun game, cathartic win. I'm glad that, uh, episode 20 gets to be a happy one, you know? So yeah, get the, get the monkey off, off our back with Oklahoma. I mean, I think, um, in seasons like this, sometimes it feels like there's nothing to play for, but I, I did feel like there was something to play for still. Like that was something that, you know, had been kind of nagging us for a while. So, um, Picked up the W. We're going to talk about, I guess, what it means for the season and the outlook of everything um, on this episode. We're also going to talk briefly a little bit about the basketball team. We'll do our normal pre-cap, recap for the Big 12. And then the train keeps rolling. We got Kansas State preview to round out the episode. So lots of stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah, I think let's start with WVU Pitt basketball, the backyard brawl. Um, I don't think it's as it's definitely not to the Big East level that it used to be, right? Like Pitt and WVU used to be like perennial top 20 teams. Like the conference was like 
you know, kind of would come down to some of these games sometimes. And, you know, when you, when you play twice a year, often, sometimes three times a year, like, I think, you know, obviously that, that stirs things up as of late, Pitt's been kind of in the dumps in basketball and we've just been mopping them up. Um, but, you know, I think this year, so much, so many changes. And this is just like the theme in basketball um, right now is just, you really have a brand new team every year. So I think the line coming into this game was two and a half points um, in Pittsburgh. You don't know what you're getting from either team. Um, so I think the, you know, going in, I mean, I won't lie. I was a little nervous, at least to start. I was like, you know, I have nothing, no idea what to think about this team yet. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of learning as you go, like, oh, who are these guys on the floor? Who are these rotation guys? Like, I, you know, you just don't have experience with them. So um, did, did you get a chance to watch the game or any big takeaways from the basketball team? Yeah, definitely. Definitely watched the game. And that was kind of my, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and she had kind of like the, you know, the, like the who the hell are these guys thing from from Major League. Like when we're watching because I think we turned it on. Uh, we missed the beginning, but we turned it on and it was all five guys on the court. were not on the team last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I'm, I'm encouraged by by what I saw. Pitt is not a serious basketball program, as you as you mentioned right now. So you know the win. Um, I don't think we should take too too much away from it. Um, but just in terms of you know kind of the baseline foundation we've seen from the team. First of all, it feels like a Huggins team, and you know just the the, the fact that it seems like they have an identity um, already is encouraging because as we mentioned all the new faces, but yeah, they seem unselfish. They all, they all try hard. Um, there's a lot of dudes. I, you know, I felt like we have to go pretty far down the depth chart for me to be like, I don't know if we should, uh, be giving minutes to this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that's a really good starting point. I'm encouraged to see how things evolve, how the rotation evolves as we start to play some better teams. Um, curious to see how the offense evolves as we start to play some better teams. But, but for right now, I mean, I'm, it's hard not to be encouraged uh, by, by what we saw. Yeah. I mean, this team was picked to finish last in the conference, um, West Virginia. It was probably a finish, picked to finish kind of lower in the ACC as well. But um, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I think my overall outlook on the basketball team is really just like, it's too early to tell with the roster turnover and, and just like the, this new norm of what we see in college basketball. I think, you know, let's just see how the next month or six weeks go as we're getting close to conference play. I think we're going to know a lot more. We do have some decent games on the schedule. Um, so right now, West Virginia, after the win, they actually jumped like over 20 spots in Ken Palm. So they jumped up to number 50. Um, so getting in the respectable range there in the competitive range, our next really competitive game is November 24th against Purdue who is 22nd in Ken Palm. So that's going to be a really good test. Um, that's and then, yeah, this, the Big 12 is just going to be crazy. I mean, as, as usual. Yeah, Big 12 is going to be a slaughterhouse. That I think Purdue, that's the the tournament out in Oregon, right? Where yep. we're, yeah. Yep. So I think I think that's when we'll kind of get our first taste um, of, of what we can, you know, what this team's ceiling might actually be because um, there's some good squads out there. And then obviously we had Perez in December um, with a few games ahead of conference play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – I don't know if if the scoring is going to be there consistently. I think they have a chance to be pretty, pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Interested to see who, you know, like Joe Toussaint was was awesome. Um, Interested if he's going to be leading the way with scoring. But I mean, so many new faces, Eric Stevenson, Trey Mitchell, um, you know, Emmett Matthews is back. Looks like he's improved, I think, since he's he's made his rounds back around, you know, Seth, Seth Wilson chipping in. Um, Waggy, you know, dude, w- or Wagge, yeah. or Waggy, yeah, Waggy. I learned how to pronounce his name. Big fan of that guy, though. He looks like he could be probably our best big man since uh, since Sags, maybe. Um, liked what I saw on both ends of the court there. 
Yeah, so I mean, just new faces, like I said, I, I think part of it's just like learning the, the rotation, learning who who's going to be out there and, and what this team's going to look like. But I will, I, you know, I do think there was like a noticeable difference. There was some life, there was some grit. It felt like a Huggins coach team. And yep. if you subscribe to Huggins figuring the portal out, um, you know, this could be it. This He, he said kind of, you know, recently he's going to just go and get guys who want to play under him. And maybe that's just a better system for a coach like Huggins, you know, with his pros and cons. He goes and gets dudes who want to be playing under him. I mean, that's what this transfer said. He transferred here because he, you know, who hopefully will get eligibility, wants to come here and play under Hugs. Like that was the number one reason. So I think you're going to get a Hugs identity team if we're uh, we're talking portal era Hugs. So I'm all down for that. Uh, stark difference from the football team. We have an identity. We know who we are, what we want to be like when things are going good. We know what it wants to, you know, be rolling like. So I'm excited. You know, like I said. Not too much to take away yet, but always good to uh, to knock Pitt down. It's our fourth straight in their building, sixth straight overall. So uh, all good vibes for basketball right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, elevated vibes for football right now. How about that? We, we knock off Oklahoma, man. Uh, been a long time coming. You know, it's, it's kind of fitting, I think, that uh, – this was really kind of a not the not the highest quality of football, you know. It's a, it's a shame we couldn't have knocked them off like for that Tavon year, like you know, w- one where it was you know actually the kind of performance we put on deserved the W. But take it any way we can get it at at, at, uh, at this point. Um, what are your uh, so? I mean, you obviously watched. What's what's the what's the high level takeaway? Yeah, the high level. I mean, yeah, I think Brown said it kind of piggybacking what you just said. Brown said it in the presser. Uh, he definitely he definitely mentioned all the great players who've been here and have played against Oklahoma. And, you know, this was the team that got it done, which is uh, kind of wild when you think of Gino Tavon, you know, Greer, the Skylar Howard 10 win year. Yep. There were lots of iterations that really should have got the job done. And uh, this team... Off uh, Garrett Green's second half performance, just freestyling it. Um, hey, you take you take any win you can get. Um, you know, my overview of the game was, you know, I think you and I both are on the same page. If people who root for this team to lose are are terrible, like you can't, you're not a fan if you're rooting for the team to lose for external reasons. Like I'm always rooting for this team to win. Um, so happy we could pick this one up. Um, don't know how much this means for our season. Don't know how much this means for you know, a coaching administrative, all the stuff that's swirling around. There's still two games left to play. And I think that might help sort the picture out. Um, but you know, the game plan coming in wasn't working and, you know, we went to the bench, we found the hot hand. We, uh, you know, maybe we just shocked Oklahoma. This has happened to us plenty of times. You throw a, a mobile backup quarterback in there and your game plan goes off the rails and he's always running free and you know, whatever. But, um, as much as you want to, you know, say that it was, I don't want to say it's fluky, but you know, the unpreparedness is definitely an element, but you know, Gary Green came in and sparked this offense, not only by himself, but getting everyone involved. I felt like every, there, there was like a higher energy to the offense. So, um, that was the big thing I noticed was just that there was like a, a refreshed new life in the offense of like the effort. I think the effort thing we've been talking about it, it seemed like we wanted to win this game coming down the stretch. Yeah, I think that's that's the most clear place where he has an impact is 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 in that energy department and the juice and the vibes. Um cuz you know, it was just after after a quarter and a half it was just kind of the same old same old, you know, same shit we've seen for the last month. We were promised an exciting brand of football and obviously the weather played a role in that. Uh and, you know, and and 
on both offenses. Obviously, I think we saw Oklahoma uh, feeling those effects as well. But yeah, I mean, when he comes in, it's just it's it's like a you know a shot a bolt of lightning into the team. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think part of it is that he's a really exciting player in his own right. I think part of it is the uncertainty, where like you said, I mean, you know, it's a lot of improvisation. I think you know there was a one of his biggest runs. He got like a twenty yard run on a play where he was waiting for somebody to take a handoff for you know half a beat. The guy didn't take the handoff and he ended up was like, oh shit, and just gained 20 yards, you know? And like, but that's the exciting factor of it. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. We've said a lot this year. Like, if you're going to be, if you're going to be bad, you should at least be fun. And he's kind of the embodiment of that, right? Where it's like, (laughs) it's like, you don't know what's going to happen play to play. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's exciting. And at this point in the season, like, why, why not lean into that? Um, because it's certainly better than, than kind of what we've been dealing with. So yeah, at this point you got to empty the chamber. You got to you yep. got to exhaust all options. JT was not getting it done. I don't you know I don't want to dump on him. I don't know what injuries or he's got to be out. he's got to be hurt. He's got to be hurt. Yeah, I mean he was missing a lot of throws. I don't know if that's weather. Also, I mean you know obviously the weather was was not you know favorable to a passing game. But Green came in and you know he's pushing the pile. He's fist pumping when he gets up. You know he's there was just energy and you could you could sense it. It's just one of those like things that you can tell through the screen even that. Um, there was just like a different swag about the offense and, uh, man, the thing that always impressed me so far about Garrett green is his ball carrier vision. Like the way he just slides through the holes as they develop, like, I don't know why he is so slippery, uh, yeah. he's quick, but man, he just sees it like a, a half second before it develops. And he just, he looks like he runs into the, you know, into the, the cloud of dust once in a while. And somehow he just pops out on the other side and you're yeah. like, how did he get through there? Yep, he did that like three times. He did that like three times on that final drive where we went down and uh, and iced it and walked it off. Yeah, that's. I mean, I kind of put a note in here, man. It's it's borderline criminal that we haven't figured out more ways to get this guy the ball over the last yeah. two and a half years. You know, um, I think I I pretty strongly advocated it for him to be our starter last year. This year is a little different with JT coming in. Um, but but aside from playing quarterback, man, I, I mean, have we we don't have a more explosive ball carrier? Every time this yeah. guy touches the ball, gets an open field, good things happen, and it's just it's crazy to me that we have just had that sitting on the bench. When that's like that's like the biggest thing missing from our offense, right? Is any sort of juice, any sort of sort of explosiveness or spark? And it's like we have this guy sitting there, and we just we play him for like two snaps at a time, you know, once every once under a blue moon, and so it's just. I don't know. I think that's that's kind of it's it's almost, you know, it's like a lose lose situation for Neil. Right. Because because Green comes in and plays really well. And it's so that's good. Uh, <laughs> but on the other side of the coin, it's like, geez, like, why has this guy just been sitting there collecting collecting dust for for two years? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, thought the defense played played OK. Um, obviously gave up a ton of yards on the ground. I think we probably got away with with a couple blown coverages where Oklahoma kind of either just missed or dropped a what would have probably been a touchdown pass. So don't think they played great. But what they did do, uh, one of 11 on third downs, I think they made yeah. a ton of ton of big plays like in key spots. And so, you know, for how they've played this year, I think that's about all you can expect from them. And, and you know, once again, they they played well enough to, to keep us in the game. And this week we got the dubby. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think, the, like you said, the third downs, I think I saw it was like the best – um percentage we have we've had in big 12 play like since we've joined the big 12 yeah. um i mean it was yeah it was always stepping up they're getting off the field you know plenty of times give the offense plenty of chances 
they held the team to 20 points. I mean, you know, yep. that that's a very good number, especially for an Oklahoma team, despite, you know, all the things going on uh, with them right now. But, you know, Gabriel looked nah, mediocre to yeah. average. Like he didn't, you know, they really kind of beat us in the running game, if anything, um, really just chewing up yards. Was it Gray, I think, had had like a buck 50 on us, something like that. Yeah, so. he, he looked good. He looked good. He was he was as advertised, I thought. Um, and I've, honestly, I was kind of surprised they didn't give him the ball more. I think, if I, you know, considering the weather, if I was Oklahoma, I think I probably would have given them the ball more. But, um, or or Barnes too. Uh, Barnes, the backup, the the freshman was was kind of gashing us a little bit uh, mm-hmm. on a couple drives. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, do you think this? Uh, I don't know if this moves the needle at all for Brown. Like, what do you? What are your kind of thoughts there? Big picture, um, coming out of the game. Yeah, I don't think this single game really meaningfully moves it. I think the needle like comes off like infuriatingly like we need to make a move at some point there needs to be some kind of plan to just like okay like it probably still needs to happen but i think at this point just let the two games ride you know if you win out i think conversation is difficult because then it's like okay well this is our first three game win streak you know we have a ranked team this this week um you know then you have a whole bowl season you know there's all kinds of like questions that come there but yeah at this point i think it's just like let it ride we don't need to fire him with a game to go because it's like what what does that do um not really sure and you know i think similar to the baylor game the vibe of this game was not that like we came out and dominated this team the vibe was like we put ourselves in a position to win and enough things right and went right and bounced our way like oklahoma was dropping touchdowns they were making questionable fourth down calls like what you said earlier in the season of like, you should do what your opponent like is afraid you're going to do. Like they had fourth and two and it had like a long field goal attempt. And it was like, we really don't want them to go for this. And they like, you know, go and kick the field goal. And it's like, yeah. sweet. Like, yeah, do oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I think we won the game, but also Oklahoma, you know, squandered some opportunities and definitely didn't play their best game as well. So I like, I, you know, it wasn't like a super convincing win, but uh, all in all, a dirty win versus Oklahoma is fantastic because, you know, it's like I said, it's a monkey on our back. That's what, yeah, I think, I mean, it feels definitely, it always feels better to win than to lose. And it feels especially good to win against those guys. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, you know, if if Green comes out and looks good against Kansas State too, and we just kind of, you know, then yeah, and, and we beat them, beat Oklahoma State, I think you have you have a different conversation, but so, so one one question I want to ask you. So Neil said in the post game that you know, and I'm obviously he would say this. You know, after the game, like we don't know who's starting next week. Like you know, yeah, no, nah, green there. starting. So do you think 100 percent green starting? Do you see a way that he puts JT out there? And if he no. does, how criminal <laughs> would that be if he puts JT? Be, out? Nah, people will be people will be booing uh, from the first snap if JT runs out there. And I mean, you know, it sucks. I feel bad because. Yeah, you know th- this isn't how he wanted this season to go. This obviously isn't how he pictured this season going. But, um, yeah, I mean you can't after the after the the previous month, and then you know we kind of saw it what a little bit against Iowa State with Green coming in, and then the fact that I mean this is the largest sample size that we've had of him. Yeah, um, and the fact that it you know you could we could say that it's, you, you, the backup quarterback thing, the the lack of preparedness. It's it's definitely. Uh, a factor, but it's also, I mean, green played against those guys last year. I mean, different mm-hmm. staff, I guess, but it's not a secret that when green comes in, he's a, he's a runner, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Um, and so, you know, it's not like Oklahoma didn't expect him to run, didn't know, or, you know, didn't know what to, uh, what to expect from him. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see, uh, 
I don't know if we can run it back with like the same. It felt like we ran just basically four plays with him. Um, yeah. And then he just kind of figured, figured out the rest. Uh, I don't know if that's going to fly against Kansas state. I, I hope, you know, we dust off the dust off the Jalen Daniels playbook, dust off the 2016 Skylar Howard playbook a little bit and, and, you know, maybe, maybe steal some ideas out of those things. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it works this week, but yeah, no, I can't, I can't imagine just with the, the, yeah, the way that second half went that you can go back to, to JT at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a big test next week because, you know, teaser to the, the, the preview for K-State, but K-State is very good at stopping the run. Uh, Oklahoma is pretty much the worst in the conference other than us. So, um, you know, it'll be a different dynamic, but yeah, I think you got to give Garrett some run this point. Like I said, you got to You got to you almost hurt yourself if you don't know what you have and you got to see what Garrett's out there. We've never thrown him out there for a full game and you, you know, let's just learn. We're going to learn either way. Um, and it's going to help inform the decision going forward. The quarterback room has four, four competent quarterbacks right now. And it's going to be really interesting over the next couple couple months where they go, who stays, you know, it, there's a lot to learn. So I, you know, I'm, I'm all for gaining information there. Yep. All right. Let's do uh let's do a little recap here. Let's do it. All right, so Big 12 recap. We had Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State taking the win 20 to 14. This was mostly the the punt fest that that I kind of expected it to be. I, I didn't watch much of this game uh, and I did not seek out highlights of the game afterwards. So I don't know. Did you, did you catch any of this one? No, I didn't catch this one either. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew that Iowa State's offense was going to be slow and we know the way Iowa State games kind of tend to be. They're going to be low scoring. Um, Oklahoma State scratched and figured out a way to figure it out after getting housed in back-to-back weeks by by Kansas teams. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma State was the better team and has been the better team almost all of the year. So, not overly surprised here. Yep. What about? Uh, so, I, wa- I was overly surprised. Kansas State thirty-one, Baylor three, at Baylor. I, I was kind of shocked by this one. Um, what are your What are your thoughts here? Yeah. So. I, I didn't, I like watched a highlight, like a uh, condensed version of this. So Howard came in. So once again, Martinez came back from injury and then Howard was what, like, I think Martinez played for a little bit, got hurt again. And then Howard was thrown out there again. Um, Cause he had just come back, but yeah, Kansas state really like put their foot on the throttle here. I mean, they had 17 points in the second quarter. Uh, I mean, that was the game. They just put it away right there in the second quarter. So um yeah, dude, Will Howard and Kansas State offense has been <laughs> unreal after Martinez and then we're we're very good in a different way. So, um yeah, I don't man, this Baylor team, I'm really just not sure what to think about them at this point. Yeah, I think that's one of the the more surprising um more surprising results I, I think from this, you know, in this year, a year where there's been a handful of them just because you know, we don't know what to expect week to week. Um, every team can beat everybody, but man, Kansas State just really putting it on Baylor and Baylor is not one that I saw coming. Um, I, you know, I think I, I think I can't remember what I picked on the pod, but I want to say I picked Baylor to win. So, um, yeah, big uh, big shock there. Kansas State coming and rolling. That's uh, not, it's not uh, not encouraging. Um, all right, Texas Tech forty three, uh, Kansas twenty eight. Um, Kansas, once again, you know, Frisky puts up a fight, ultimately not enough. Texas Tech, they've been pretty good, uh, you know, I think this year. Um, year zero for Joe McGuire, been, been an impressive season from them. They've played a bunch of teams tough. They've gotten some good wins. Um, yeah. Looks like they yeah. got something going there. 
Yeah, I mean, these were supposed to be the two worst teams in the conference um, mm-hmm. and, and by a decent margin. And um, I don't think either of these teams are in the bottom two or definitely not the very bottom. So, yeah, both of these teams have, have impressed. And, yeah, Texas Tech, I mean, they, they've figured out what they want to do and they do it pretty well. Um, interested to see where that program is going to go in the next year or two. I wonder if they're back on a, a steep incline. So It's possible with that NIL, with the portal stuff. You figure they're well uh, well situated to – um, to take advantage of both of those factors. So, um, then we have the night game, game of the week. TCU traveling to Texas and uh, walking out ten and zero. Unbelievable. I mean, I think this. Uh, so I watched. I watched a good bit of this game. Um, way different. Played out way differently than I think I expected. You know, just in terms of how, how TCU's offense has been, all the offensive firepower that Texas has. Um, I think I expected some more points, but I think that's that, that kind of is probably the most impressive thing about TCU this year is that no matter how the game plays out, no matter what kind of style of game it is, they they've just found ways to win everything. So um, I don't know. They got they got a big hurdle this week one kind of one last big hurdle, but uh, they might actually do this, man. I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. Yeah. They got Baylor coming up, which will be we'll talk about in a second. But this game was not what I expected at all. Um, I mean, this was 17-10 final. It was basically 17-3 other than like kind of a really fluky scoop six yeah, scoop thing at the end. Like it was fully a defensive game. And yeah, you said it. I mean, TCU just figures ways out to win Texas. Um, you know, another disappointing season. I think Sark is now getting, you know, a warm seat. I think they're six and four now. So, um, yep. you know, it's just <laughs> same old Texas for a while. But, uh, man, yeah, TCU, hell of a year, man. We should have fired Neil Brown at the beginning of the season because the year zero coaches in the Big 12 at Texas Tech and TCU are just blowing expectations away. Coming in on fire. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. You know, what do we, what do, we do? <laughs> um, all right. Anything else uh, on, on last week or you want to jump, uh, jump ahead this weekend? Yeah, let's jump ahead. Okay. So I think the – so, yeah, 12 p.m. 12 p.m. kick is probably the game of the uh, – pro- yeah, probably the game of the week. TCU at Baylor. TCU coming in just two-and-a-half-point favorites, um, which, you know, I, I guess I kind of expect Baylor to bounce back. I think obviously Vegas does as well. I don't know. I think this should be a really good game, though. Um, I know Baylor's been up and down, but I think when they've been up, they've been – you know, one of the best teams in the conference. And yeah. so if they can, they can kind of bounce back and put their best foot forward here. I think TCU is going to have all they can handle. What do you, uh, what do you think here? Yeah. I mean, this is a rivalry game. Uh, I feel like at this point we've, we've said it every week of like, okay, but will TCU, you know, keep doing this, keep doing it. Like, you know, clock's going to strike midnight. I think to, at this point, two and a half is pretty disrespectful to TCU, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't think Baylor's consistency is more into just two and a half point spread here. Um, and at this point, sorry TCU, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with TCU now. So maybe this is the week they stumble. But yeah, this is their last big hurdle, and uh, yeah, I'm rooting for them. I, you know, they've had a great season, and I think a, a decently likable team. So yeah, for sure they they play a, they play a fun brand of football um, and shit. I mean, if you know if they're gonna do it, get in the playoff, got to go undefeated. Um, yeah, two and a half feels feels kind of low, but uh, but yeah, no, I think I think TCU wins this one as well. Yeah. All right, three thirty. We have Texas at Kansas. Texas nine and a half point favorites here. I'm expecting kind of a a big bounce back performance here after you know, like you said, not a, a not very good showing on Saturday night. You know, so you have that to think about. And then obviously last year, 
Um, you know, the, the, the memes that came out of Kansas beating Texas last year. I mean, this, you know, shoot, the guy on, on Kansas team is still making, uh, making his bacon on those Applebee's commercials. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I think Texas has plenty of motivation to come out here and, 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 you know, put their, put their best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. This is a game that Texas doesn't want to lose just for the memes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kansas is like we've talked about all years. They, they just have like this random spark. Like Bean had some like great plays this weekend. Like they looked great. Um, but you know, obviously couldn't, couldn't finish versus tech. And, uh, I don't know. I think schools like Texas though, I think you really have to worry about like the checkout mentality, maybe even more than other schools, because, you know, I think maybe the nature of the people you attract, like high NIL deals and, you know, like the big brand and stuff. And then when you're six and four, like how do you get up for it versus Kansas? Um, I think trap game, like I could see Kansas come or Texas coming in super flat in this game and Kansas, you know, they, they probably have some good students there and stuff like that. So um, this is one I might keep an eye on on the ticker. And if it gets good, I'd pull it, put it on for the memes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely rooting for the Jayhawks in this one. Um, no doubt about that. Um, all right, then we have uh, Texas Tech traveling to Iowa State. Tech, three and a half point underdogs here. I was kind of surprised to see that, um, you know, considering they're, they're, they're kind of on a little upswing here. Iowa State, you know, aside from beating us, but yeah, the, you know, Iowa State's down right now. Um, I don't know. I, I expect Tech to, uh, to keep it rolling here. I think, you know, the, the, just in terms of matchups, um, what Texas Tech likes to do kind of meshes up pretty nicely with the kind of things Iowa State's defense lets people do. Um, so yeah, I, I think I could see Texas Tech going in here and taking care of business and definitely covering that three and a half. Yeah, this is like a Big Ten game. Like the over under on this one's forty seven. Um, all the other games are fifty five and up. So you know, I think this is one of those games where it's if Texas Tech can like string together like two, three, four drives where they, you know, do those like quick scores with, you know, eight plays, but quick plays and, you know, scoring two and a half minutes. Like, can Iowa State even score that much? Can they match? Um, That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, kind of surprised Tech is the dog here. And then I think this is like an important game for both schools um, in terms of bowl eligibility. So five and five Tech, four and six Iowa State. Um, So both both teams are, you know, this is kind of, where these teams sit in the conference and yeah, really going to be an important one. The winner um, still keeping, you know, bowl chances in, in decent shape here. All right. And then that brings us to Bedlam. Uh, first time in a while that this probably isn't the most important game uh, in the given week that it's in just with, with, you know, how bad Oklahoma is this year. Oklahoma state been struggling as well. Um, the Cowboys six and a half point underdogs traveling to Norman. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I like OU in this one. Um, you know, just they have too much offensive talent. I I think to, to play as poorly as they did this week, uh, twice in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, just kind of like what you said with Iowa, I'm not sure Oklahoma state has, has the weapons to, to keep up. You know, if, if Oklahoma is able to put a couple drives together in the first half, that might be, that might be it. I don't know. What are you, uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think I saw somebody describe Oklahoma State as a zombie team on Twitter. And like, that's what they are. Like, they just, I mean, they're seven and three. All in all, like, you know, they're still seven and three. They still have a, a solid record, but this team has been dead inside the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is like the least exciting and maybe least like um, 
talented and consequential bedlam game in a long, long time. Like Oklahoma's not trying to get in the playoff. Like this isn't like for the conference. This is just a game. It's um, just a game. Yep. So yeah, that's it's crazy. And Oklahoma sneaky, sneaky. They're five and five. If they were to lose this game, they close with Texas Tech. That's also kind of a coin flippy type game. Like if they couldn't make it to ball eligibility, that's that's another thing to keep the eyes on. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably lean Oklahoma until I see otherwise with State because they're they're not looking good. Brent Venables getting fired year one for missing a bowl would be pretty high up there on the on the Schadenfreude scale. I think oh. I would take a great deal of enjoyment out of that. So yeah, I would yeah, we'll see. Up to a win if yeah. both got canned, I'd be like, eh, whatever. It was both get canned and the schools have to stay here for another couple of years just to get <laughs> beat up on a little bit more. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's go Cowboys. Um, all right. Anything else on, uh, on the precap? The only other thing, just checking in on the big 12 standing. So TCU is a lock in the conference championship um, and a good transition into our game. Kansas state, will lock themselves in with a win in Morgantown this weekend. Surely nothing will go wrong. Um, After that, it's just like a cluster of OK State, Baylor, and Texas all sitting at four and three. The top of my head, I do not remember all the tiebreakers, but TCU's in and K-State's got the inside lane. So that's where we're looking with a couple teams with still a mathematical shot. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Yeah, that brings us to this week, Kansas State. As Joel said, they're seven and three, and they feel they feel exceptionally Kansas Statey to me this year. Um, you know, when when you think about the the great squads that they kind of had uh, since we joined the Big Twelve, the early 2010s. Um, you know, th- this this checks all of those boxes. They've got the running quarterback. I mean, shit, Colin Klein is is their offensive coordinator. Um, they got the running quarterback. They play what well, they play good on defense. You know, they don't turn the ball over. They turn you over. Um, I don't know. They're just a they're just a really good balanced squad this year. What's your what are you know high level uh, Kansas State? Yeah, this has been a fun team. Got some likable guys and a just phenomenal like maybe the best in the conference maybe in terms of like identity. Like yeah. this team has a very strong. You know yeah. what they want to do well and they want to you know at least when Martinez was in like you knew this offense was going to be running like some kind of zone read. They want to just shove it down your throat in the running game. Pass it when needed, you know, as a balance, but you know what they're trying to get to. Um, obviously, you know, Deuce Vaughn is a phenomenally exciting player to watch. Fun dude. Um, always just making plays. And when you look at this team, really like looking down the schedule, uh, you know, they had the two lane loss early in the season. Ended up not really being a terrible loss. Tulane, you know, is having a having a pretty good season. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they lost to TCU by 10. They lost to Texas by a touchdown. Other than that, 31-3 versus Baylor. We just talked about that. 48-0 versus Oklahoma State. That was like, and that was with uh, Will Howard. That was the first game Will Howard was in there. Um, edged Iowa State by a point. They beat Oklahoma back when Oklahoma was number six, which was a long, long, long time ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, this team's handled business. and They got us and Kansas left on the schedule. I mean, this could be a, uh, a nine-win in the conference championship kind of team for sure. Um, so yeah, a lot of respect to this team. They're, they're well balanced and they're, they're good at what they want to be good at. Well coached man. Uh, climbing year two, looking at just staring at nine and three season, just right down the barrel here. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that 48, nothing Oklahoma state 31, three, those are two of the most impressive results 
uh, of the season, I think, you know, in a conference where there's been a lot of parity, a lot of back and forth, a lot of ups and, ups and downs. Um, but yeah, right there with, uh, with Texas, you know, putting it on, putting it on Oklahoma. Um, honestly, those might be the two single most impressive results of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know, do we, so you mentioned Martinez got a little bit dinged up. Do we know who's starting this week? We do not. Um, and I imagine we won't until, you know, some kind of mid midweek report. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, it might change the identity of the offense, but maybe in terms of productivity, you know, Will Howard has come in and, you know, they carried him off the field after the Oklahoma State game. He was tossing, he tossed so many, like he tossed like five touchdowns in that game, something crazy. He had threw three this weekend versus Baylor after Martinez, you know, had left. So Martinez has missed some portion of, I think, the last three games now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got two quarterbacks, a little bit of different like skill sets, but mm-hmm. like I said, both very productive. And, um, you know, Howard's going to be more of the the passer. Martinez, definitely more of the uh, the run downhill, you know, him and Deuce Vaughn combo. So, but no, I do not think we know who's starting yet. Yeah, I mean, they're both, they're both good. They've, they've won games with both of them. So yeah. it's not, uh, I mean, shit, we remember Martinez against Oklahoma looked like Tommy Frazier uh, reincarnated. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know. I guess the one the one thing Howard Howard played here two years ago. I think didn't he when when Kansas State came to came to Morgantown and we beat them in some mm-hmm. some crappy weather game. I think I remember that was one of the uh, one of the COVID games where there were like ten thousand people there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's festering a little bit. But yeah, I mean, just in terms of offensive identity, though. Yeah, they're going to run. I think they're actually the only team in the conference that that's runs more gap gap. Uh, gap running plays than than zone scheme mm-hmm. um so you know lots of qb power lots of counter with deuce vaughn where he'll he'll just he, you know he gets lost behind the offensive line um and yeah you know he's he's kind of the engine um you know the quarterbacks i guess make stuff happen but i think for me vaughn is he, you know, he's one of one he's they're gonna get him 30 touches a game um and and he's just a pain in the ass to tackle, you know. He's he makes people miss. He breaks tackles actually, you know, which is kind of surprising. He's he's awesome in the passing game. Um, I'm a little concerned about him against uh, against our linebackers. I think you know, especially coming out of the backfield, um, and and on some of this counter stuff where our, our linebackers have gotten themselves into the wrong gaps a lot this year. Um, and so, you know, some of these some of these gap counterplays, I'm worried, you know, are they going to catch us, catch us overstepping one way or another? And Vaughn's just going to have, you know, five, ten yards before we even get a body to him. So mm-hmm. um, what do you think about the uh, the passing game? I, I mean, it looks like they have kind of kind of five primary targets and then, you know, a handful of tertiary guys. But it's really those five dudes um, who all have, you know, 30, 40 plus targets. Um, who are going to kind of be the primary the primary suspects? Yeah, this is like the opposite. I feel like of like some teams like Texas Tech, where it's like you got ten dudes who all have thirty targets. Like this team has five dudes they're going to use. Like they, this team is not afraid to like show you their cards in a way of like this is what we're going to run. We run like a lot said, of the identity, man. They just they we are who we are. Deal with yeah, it. Exactly, they are who they are. They only have five guys who have more than eight targets on the year, which yeah. is like these are our dudes. Um, you know, we're going to send them out, you know, just to add on to Vaughn, like, yeah, they're creative in the ways they get him the ball. Um, they, so he averages about 20 touches a game on the ground. He has 47 targets on the, through the past game. So he gets about five targets through the past game. Uh, every game, 20 touches on the ground. He's going to touch the ball 25 times. And 
you know, for his size, his durability really impresses me. It's that crazy, he, yeah. Week in and week out, uh, dude's a gamer. Uh, he, it's just crazy seeing him skirt around the field. He makes some makes a play or two every week that you're like, wow. Uh, just you know, he's a he's a unique guy for college football. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, Leo, looking at the passing game, you know, you have a tight end, Ben Sennett. Um, you know, that's one thing that they they do going to go power sometimes. But Malik Knowles is going to be your top guy. Um, you know, he's got um, 57 targets on the year. Um, but looking at the, the things, once again, Deuce Vaughn, he catches 83% of his targets and that's insanely high. So that's kind of indicative, I think of a lot of, you know, short dump offs or screens. Um, they, uh, they get creative. They put them up in the slot sometimes. I mean, they, they get this guy all over the field, but yeah, you're kind of guys to hone in on are you know, these five dudes, three receivers, a tight end and Deuce Vaughn. That's, that's their money right there. Yep. And unfortunately, they can play them all on every snap. Just run that 11 personnel power stuff because they can run QB power. And so it's still unbalanced in the running game. Um, offensive line, uh, they, you know, nothing particularly crazy up there. Though I mean, the one the one standout, Cooper Beebe, who was first-team all-conference last year, first-team all-conference preseason this year, has been, I would say, as good as advertised. Um, great now to an 80, 80.7 on PFF. He's only allowed six pressures this year. Um, so he's kind of the one guy of note up front. Um, and then I think, you know, just a lot of the, a lot of the, the stuff that's good about them is, is it's just, it's, it's the scheme. It's just a good mm-hmm. scheme. Yeah. Um, and they have, you know, guys, like, like you said, you know, they're, they're comfortable, they're comfortable in their own skin. Um, and it's, and it's really freaking hard to stop. I think, you know, we, we, we talk about the beta rank stuff Their their offense, you don't necessarily think of them as, as like this, you know, often elite offense. Um, ninth in beta rank, fifth in negative drives, third effective rush. So, you know, they're, they're very, 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 very good at what they do. And I think that's against probably, you know, one of the tougher schedules that anybody's played, uh, played this year. So tall task. How do we, uh, how do we stop it, Joel? That's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> cause you know, I don't know. I don't know what you, you know, what's the game plan against Deuce Vaughn. They're going to, I mean, like you said, it's, it's going to be one of the things he's going to get touches. They're going to get him the ball in space. Um, and you know, I don't know, it may be, like I said, depends on the, which quarterback's going to play sort of their, their method of attack. I mean, they definitely prefer the run game, especially with Martinez in. Um, so they are, uh, effective rush rank third in the country for beta rank, just 41st for pass. So, you know, definitely lean a little pass heavy, but man, I mean, I've watched some of these games with Will Howard and they seem pretty comfortable throwing the ball as well. So, um, you know, this is just. This team in general is just so well balanced, and it's just you know it's hard to hone in on any one thing. They keep you honest, um, you know. Obviously, our defense is uh, in the, the bottom part of the conference in both rush and pass uh, defense, and um, you know I don't know. They they have the the thing that our offense had early in the season was that negative rank thing. They don't have negative drives to keep the ball moving forward, and that's what K State really has embodied the full season. So they're fifth in that, um, and they're yeah, they're just going to keep moving the ball. I think. This might be one of those, like, Ben, don't break. They're going to move the ball on us. Um, you know, I think inside the 30, inside the 20, you know, limiting the opportunities to field goals or, you know, fourth down stops. Um, I don't think there's any necessarily stopping this team, but slowing down. And, man, the third down stuff we saw against Oklahoma, I mean, we just got to be opportunistic. We got to get off the field when there's a chance. Um, and, yeah, just taking advantage of those situations. And they're they're surprisingly, they're not great 
uh, either on third down or in the red zone. Um, I think, you know, only somewhere in the mid thirties in terms of converting third downs, which is near the bottom of the conference. And then they're only uh, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, you know, on like uh, 50, 60% of their, of their opportunities down there. So um, definitely susceptible to things like that. I think, you know, if, if you look at their splits, win loss, like their stats, just, you know, in their wins versus their losses, the one thing that really stood out to me offensively is, they're about 80 yards fewer uh, rushing in their mm-hmm. losses compared to where they are on their wins. So, you know, I think if, if, in a pick my poison situation, I, I want to make them throw, throw it over me to beat me. Um, Cause at least that adds a little bit of uncertainty. You know, if they're just going to run for 280 yards, it's, it's going to be just a miserable, uh, you know, three hours and change on, on uh, Saturday afternoon. So I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm taking one thing away, I'm, I'm playing heavy boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they beat me throwing the ball, then, you know, good for them. So I agree. So do you think this is a pressure kind of situation? You, you still yeah. up on queuing up the blitz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Both of their guys, I mean, uh, you know, Martinez is, is mobile. He's pretty good. He handles pressure okay because um, he can get away from it. And then Will Howard is just like this tall, statuesque, athlete, you know, athlete-looking guy. Um, just like big, strong kid. Uh, and I think he handles it generally pretty well, too. So I don't know necessarily – how much you go after them, but I think you need to have a lot of dudes around the line of scrimmage. Um, mm-hmm. I guess is what I would say. And so, you know, we played, um, I mean, we played four linebackers a good bit against Oklahoma. Didn't really, didn't really help us that much because they still ran for 200 yards. Um, but I think, you know, something like that again, where you're playing, you know, maybe you're playing a lot of four down, you know, almost like four, four, three type looks where you have, um, you know, the four linemen and then you have low and low and Kogba and, and Dixon all out there at the same time. Um, just to, just to make sure, I mean, we just, we got to have bodies up there. You know, we, we, we got to have bodies to stop them. We, we can't let them run for, run for 250 yards on us. So, yeah. so, so flipping the field, talking about K-State defense, um, how, how is Garrett Green and the offense going to be attacking if it is Garrett Green? You know, I think looking at this defense, once again, it's the same story of just a really well-balanced unit. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty evenly split in their effectiveness at stopping the run and the pass. Um, you know, nothing like crazy stands out to me. They do a pretty good job at limiting explosive plays, 13th in the country in beta rank. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, just this team really doesn't have a lot of I guess weakness and it's one of those things where it's like how do you attack a team that's just really solid in in all facets. So, what are you thinking about the defense? Yeah, I mean, you know, probably one of the one of the best pass rush, rushes uh, in the conference. They're kind of like a B plus at everything. This is just how I think about this team. Is like they're they're, you know, they're not really elite at anything, but they're just very good at everything. Um, so you have you have Felix Anaduke Uzoma, um, Eli Huggins up front. Khalid Duke is is kind of like an edge uh, kind of hybrid linebacker guy. All those dudes generate a ton of pressure. So they you know that that that's kind of where their pass rush comes from. Um, they have, they have, you know, a handful of good corners, a handful of good safeties, you know, so solid secondary, um, linebackers, I'd say, you know, if there is a weak point, uh, in the defense, it's the linebackers, like just the standard off ball guys. Um, but even those guys aren't, you know, they're not bad. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, the one thing we definitely, that we definitely have to you going back, going back to those win loss splits, um, plus 11 turnover margin in their seven wins and in an even zero in their three losses. So, you know, I think uh, kind of at the top a one, a one tier importance is, is we can't, we can't turn the ball over um, against these guys. And then the other thing is in, in the red zone, 
46% touchdowns allowed in their, in their wins, 73% in their losses. So when we do create quality opportunities, which they don't, they're, they're 18th in, in uh, FBS in terms of limiting uh, quality opportunities, quality scoring opportunities. But when we do generate them, we have to, we have to score touchdowns. So I think those are kind of the two keys um, in terms of how we attack, you know, it's, it's kind of, like I said, we, I, you know, we have to expand the playbook. It can't just be the same four plays that we ran last week. You know, we got away with it against Oklahoma because they weren't expecting Garrett green to, to play. But I think you, you know, you need to have, you need to have some, I mean, some stuff. I don't know. You gotta, you got a game plan for him. You know, you gotta get him, get him on the move, get some bootlegs going. I thought he looked pretty good in those situations for the most part. And just the threat of his legs is gonna, is gonna, cause people to come open. Um, I think, you, you know, like I said, you lean, you lean some on that Jalen Daniels kind of triple option type stuff, or you, you have some, maybe some, some triple options that aren't necessarily just running backs. You know, you get, get a, get Sam James in motion and get him involved in a triple option or something. But I mean, it's like we said, it's, it's, you know, it's the 11th game. We're four and six, like just, you know, now's no time to be conservative. So I, I just want oh, us to yeah. get creative you have this. You have this. This kind of enigma in Garrett Green, and this guy who, super good athlete. He's a gamer. He's really good off script. It's kind of all of the opposite things of the quarterbacks we've been watching for the last three years. Um, and I think you just have to lean into it. You just have to say, like, I'm sick of Neil saying, "Was like, oh yeah, I played happy for the kid," but he made a lot of mistakes. It's like, dude, just like embrace the fucking chaos, you know. Like yep. embrace the chaos and 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 turn turn him loose. See what he can do. So I don't know what are you thinking. Yeah, I mean this team. You know, I think the the two things kind of stand out. You mentioned them were you know pass rush solid unit, very solid unit. Um, so they have 171 uh, yep. pressures on the year. Comparison, our defense is 127. Uh, both through 10 games. So big difference in the pass rush game. And then you mentioned you know the turnovers. The defense is very opportunistic. Yep. Um, 13 interceptions on the year. West Virginia defense has three interceptions on the year. Um, don't know what our passing game, like just kind of don't know what to expect with our passing game this week. I would imagine it's going to be friendly to Garrett Green. I imagine it's going to be a lot of slants. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be a lot of wide receiver screens. It's going to be a lot of, you know, those kinds of balls, you know, instill the confidence, keep it safe, keep it short in and out, which, hey, that does play to limiting turnovers and that plays to managing a pass rush. So, you know, that's, those are the cards we're dealt. I think in the, the quarterback style of Garrett green is probably not as uh, gunslingery as, as JT Daniels. But um, yeah, I think once again, and this, this is just maybe a theme for this team. If we're, we're undermanned or out coached, whatever it is, you got to be opportunistic. Um, you know, if we get the ball down inside the 40 inside, you know, even really inside the 50, Continuing to be aggressive, I think Neil Brown's done a pretty good job actually recently yeah, yeah. in being aggressive. Yeah. I will, will give credit there, um, but yeah, just gotta gotta take care of the ball. You know, this is the kind of team that, um, you know, two turnovers might be that might be it for us in this kind of game. I don't know if we're gonna match this team possession for possession, so uh, gotta take care of the ball and, and just be really opportunistic. Get the ball out quick, and um, you know, I, I'm not sure what kind of running game we're gonna have outside of Garrett Green. It's, you know, this team has been really stout in the run game, but um, I think if we can be balanced and, you know, one of the things I think is being able to be balanced that if you think they're going to put an extra guy in the box because of the green running tendency, whatever, can we keep them honest? You know, can can keep them to respect the pass, 
Um, you know, if the pass is working, can we keep them, you know, engaged with the, with the running game? So, um, yeah, I think you've got to fight balance with balance almost in this sense is that they don't really have a strong weakness and we got to, we got to play in the same way. We got to be good on both sides. So, yep. Tall task for sure. Um, they're, they're a really well coached team. They don't beat themselves generally. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's gonna, gonna be another tough one out there for us. I'm glad it's at home. Yeah. Last home is senior night. Senior night. I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather forecast yet. I might pull that up real quick, actually. Um, you know, bad weather definitely favors us, I think. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I mean, we, we certainly have a chance. You know, they've, they've blown a couple of these teams out. They've played a couple teams. Oh, it's going to be cold. Cold and decent. Uh, high of 36, low Ooh. of 27. <laughs> oh, Football weather. Crispy out there. Kids yeah. gonna have the toboggan on, have some gloves on. So yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a, a really great day for football. Um, and yeah, I I just hope we get the hope we get the dub. If Green keeps it going against these guys, then it's like okay, all bets are off. Yeah, that's and a whole whole other conversation now. Count on Neil Brown to fall into to to Pat White. Uh, you know, three games before he's about to get canned. Yeah. And, uh, I, I will say this game too, you know, we talked about like Bedlam this year being kind of irrelevant. This game is very relevant in the conference and yeah. you, we can be spoiler. We can, you know, rip this thing right out of their hands and, you know, this is a meaningful game to them and we can make this a meaningful game to us too. So like, once again, like last week we talked about with Oklahoma, there there are things to get up for about this game and, um, you know, you go out and beat Oklahoma who has run this conference for a long time. You beat Baylor this year who won the conference last year and then you you can, you know, take the take the control from a team who can go to the championship you know those are wins that you know would be would mean something i think so yep ranked team in morgantown with a lot lot on the line for them uh i don't think any reason not to get excited for this game two o'clock kick kind of a weird time but gives you enough gives you an extra two hours in the blue lot so i'm sure everyone will appreciate that so absolutely absolutely let's get it done let's do it cool all right so we are on twitter I'm at WV Stats Guy. He is at Game Day Shorts. We also have a Twitter account for the pod. It's at West by Pod with underscores. Also on smokingmusket.com. Uh, you can hit us up on there. We'll have an article up for the pod. That's all I got for this time. Anything else, Jordan? All good here. Awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care, guys. One, two.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.